Sentire Media. Ciao a tutti and welcome to Venice Talks, a podcast series about Venice in Italy. My name is Monica Cesarato and I am a Venetian food and travel blogger. I'm going to put my insider knowledge at your disposal to help you discover Venice at 360 degrees. Each week I will be chatting to the people who really matter, the Venetian. So follow me on the discovery of his artisans, writers, fashion designers, artists, glassmakers, bloggers and much, much more. Come to visit Venice the right and sustainable way. You can find me on my blog www.monicacesarato.com and also on all social media. Enjoy the episode! Welcome back to Venice Talks, episode number 31. Hi everybody and welcome back to Venice Talks. Finally, my guest today, my special guest is Marcus Raymond from Spaceorg. And I was telling him before, it's like getting a talk with Il in the Barene of the Laguna Venice because it's impossible to get an appointment. Hi Marcus, thank you very much for being here. And How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm a little bit busy. Yes. A little bit busy because yes. we're about to open the next exhibition. I know, I know. Uh, on, on Friday. Uh, yeah, which, in a couple, yeah, yeah, we, we're gonna, this is going to go on, on a Sunday, so I'm actually having a preview of a preview of a preview. Oh so yeah. we can talk about it. You can tell me all of the hidden mm. things that we cannot say before that because it's going out on Sunday. So first of all, let's tell everybody what is uh, uh, Space Org. Ocean Space? Yes, yeah, sorry. What is Ocean Space? Yeah, because it's also space. Dot org. Dot org, exactly. So Ocean Space is um, the home of TBA21 Academy. And TBA21 Academy is a center, a research center um, within Thyssenborn Mista Art Contemporary, which is the foundation that uh, kind of um, hosts all of us and all of the activity. Um, and the academy has for 11 years until last year uh, exclusively focused on the ocean. Okay. And so in 2019, after many years of being on the road and in boats mm-hmm. and uh, being itinerant, uh, we finally decided to settle down and mm-hmm. we were thinking where could be the best place to think about the ocean, with the ocean, uh, through the ocean, but always together with artists in Venice was the obvious answer. So you are the director and one of the co-founders. Yeah. How, first of all, how did the idea of Ocean Space came about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the idea for Ocean Space really came after um, after a couple of years of doing this work, no? where, we, where we ventured out with artists to think about or ask the question, raise the question, what is the ocean? Mm-hmm. And we always did this collaboratively. So we invited artists, and for these artists, uh, scientists, environmentalists, legal experts, later on more and more indigenous colleagues to, to have other knowledge systems. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and after a while, we understood that the network has grown, the, the approach had kind of solidified into um, a methodology, mm-hmm. and we wanted to make this public, Mm -hmm. right? And we wanted to find a home and settle down um, on the one hand. And on the other hand, Venice has such a strong relationship to the ocean. Venice without the ocean is impossible. Venice Venice without the lagoon... We know water is a symbiosis. Water and Venice go hand-in-hand. Exactly. And Venice um, has other peculiarities Mm -hmm. that other cities don't have. Mm -hmm. Um, Venice, since its inception, has has sat on the intersections of all kinds of exchanges. So whoever had something to offer in Venice had had a space. 
And um, and so it was goods and spices and ideas, ideas and philosophies and architecture and everything. No was traded here, on the one hand. And on the other hand, Venice has this very strange habit of reflecting on itself and the world through the lens of art every mm, other year. Absolutely. And then every other year, yeah. architecture and dance and theater and mm-hmm. music. You know, it has it has uh, this this habit of, of thinking mm-hmm. about itself and the world through art, which is fantastic mm-hmm. and it's very very unusual. And um, and so we thought, wow, this this way of working that is research based but artist led mm-hmm. needs a home. And which home could be better than Venice? Obviously, Venice, with all of its magnified crises, yeah, no? of, all, of all of the converging crises. The Mosa, the rising yeah. water, the over tourism, yeah. everything—no yeah. food sovereignty, of course, of course. supply chains, all of it. It's it's such a rich and interesting um, place to work from and to actually think uh-huh. about the future yeah. Yeah, yeah. from a laboratory. And it's also going to microclimate that is so peculiar of it, you know, nowhere in else itself. in the world. Uh, in you itself, know, yeah. and by microclimate, whoever's listening to me, I literally mean ten kilometers because yeah. I left. That it was cold. Mm. I arrived, and it's hot today. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just yeah. uh, you know. So and uh, how did you get into getting the location of uh, the Church of San Lorenzo? That is a beautiful location, but uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. So in 2013, um, I came to visit the Biennale mm-hmm. together with the founder of the foundation, Francesca Tusimbonamista, and um, we came to San Lorenzo because it was the Mexican pavilion. Okay. And inside of the Mexican pavilion was a fantastic work by a Mexican artist mm-hmm. called Ariel Guzik. Mm-hmm. And Ariel was, uh, was looking at building instruments for whales. So he had oh, okay. these floating instruments that, that he would put into the Sea of Cortez, where he lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and they would vibrate and whales would sing back to it. And he recorded oh, that really, God, really amazing. beautiful and, and okay. strikingly close to our work. Um, after that, we went off to meet uh, to meet Ariel. He came to uh, two of our journeys uh, in the Sea of Cortez. But uh, at some point afterwards, um, a friend, a Venetian friend, called us and said, "Listen, the, the Mexicans don't want uh, San Lorenzo for their pavilion anymore, mm-hmm. but they had embarked on this nine-year trajectory of restoring the, mm-hmm. the place." Um, and that was in the same year when the mayor of Venice had gone to jail. Okay. And there was a right. <laughs> also peculiar situation. Okay. And there was this interim government, two, mm-hmm. two technocrats just ge- uh, keeping the business of the yeah, city yeah, of going. No? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we approached them and said, listen, there is this trajectory for San Lorenzo. Can we take that over? And um, we'd be really interested. And uh, so we said we want to um, make this make this space accessible to the public again, reintroduce mm-hmm. it into the cultural mm-hmm. fabric of the city, and open it as a as an exhibition as a cultural center. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and they said yes, which was which was okay, really but because fantastic. I'm pretty sure if you did this like now, they probably uh, said no. <laughs> could be, could, could very well. Yeah, be. Yeah. It would definitely take longer. Yeah. Yeah. And so for two years, we, uh, or 16, 17, 18, we restored the church. And 2019, we were then able to open it as ocean space. And ocean space has always meant to be um, an interface for mm-hmm. general audience for all of this research that we're doing. But it was, um, it was other than uh, maybe other spaces here in Venice, it was 
literally meant for the Venetian community mm -hmm. first. So therefore, we always open before the Biennale. We close during the Biennale um, because uh, because we want the we want the community to understand mm -hmm. that it's a place for them. Mm -hmm. right? We also want to um, really think through different modalities of, of working so it's not just exhibition it's exhibition public program educational mm -hmm. program yeah because you organize a lot of uh, talks and you know walks as well because, walks uh, yeah. talks and we've eating for, screening yeah, of course. you know yeah I, I find it very interesting this um you know, but it's not just art. Yeah. But it's this science part. Usually, yeah. the two things yeah. don't usually go together. Yeah. How did you come about? How did you get this idea of putting these two things together? Because it's not exactly given. Well, you know, the the in the beginning, it was always no. important for us that we work with artists that have a research based practice. Okay. No? So for us, it was it was really important that um, when approaching a topic like the ocean. In, in front of the backdrop of the climate crisis, no? that it's really scientifically backed, that it's not mm -hmm. just some kind of imaginative yeah. um, scenario, which is also very, very valuable. No, But we want it to be a speculative scenario based in... Yeah, also because knowledge. otherwise it's so easy for people just to go and... Uh, you know, pick on it. And, exactly. Uh, you and know, nowadays, it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. And and uh, on the other hand, I believe after many many years of going to COPs and UN conferences and, and IOCN conferences and this and that and the other, um, that the that the missing part of all of this knowledge that has been created is culture. Mm. That we need to come to a point where taking care of our environment is a cultural act that mm -hmm. belongs to our our activities as as citizens and not an act to to mitigate mm -hmm. the catastrophe no yeah. it doesn't go through through our heads only but it's like mm -hmm. it's part of our being no taking yeah. care like we take care of a member of a family yeah, right? yeah of course and um, and or like we would take care of our backyard if mm -hmm. we had a backyard and things like that no and um, and so therefore it's all it was always critical from the import, uh, from the beginning that it's art and science and policy and education all all in one yeah, yeah but they should be all connected above all in a city like venice that has always been you know art but not just art i mean exactly. galileo galilei exactly <laughs> and you know it, there never used to be a challenge then it was mm. never galileo galilei um, you know whatever goethe was a woman poet, uh, a natural scientist, a politician, you know, we can, uh, Leonardo, you know, it's like, you know, there was, a, there's no, there was no question that one person could be multiple, yeah. right? And that many, many... Um, yeah. I think it's something of, of our century where we try to compartmentalize the things absolutely. and you cannot be logical and at the same time creative, you have one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, you know. No, and that's one of, the, one of the fundamental challenges, no? That we now see that we need to reconnect all of these pieces mm -hmm. because the world is not a machine. You cannot just separate it in the in the sum of its parts. It's more than the sum of its parts, no? And so, therefore, we need to kind of bring these ways of thinking, these knowledge systems, mm -hmm. these ways of working together to actually come to um, to a collective action that means care. So, in a second, I'm going to ask you about the new exhibition and the past mm -hmm. exhibition. But first, I want to talk, uh, if you can tell me a little bit more, if you know, mm -hmm. about the church. Yeah. So... Um, I mean, one first, the first thing that comes to mind that I asked you as I walked in is Marco Polo. Marco Polo. <laughs> of course. Yes. So, this this church has been for a while the final resting place mm -hmm. of Marco Polo. And he was proven. 
Um, and it was proven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's records in the uh, in the archives. There's um, the, it's records that uh, his family lived right next door. That there were um, uh, spots, places uh, in the crypt reserved mm -hmm. for the family. Yeah, for the family. But then there was a big fire. Um, and and during this time when this was in ruins, someone or uh, a number of people must have come in and looted the crypt and taken his remains. Right. They found they found the family. They found uh, many things. But um, one of the former superintendents of the city, she was an archaeologist. So mm -hmm. she was obsessed with finding the remains of Marco Polo. And so she dug up two enormous holes in this <laughs> space. And, and there was like, there was water in the church for 25 years. Oh, no? wow. And so the ceilings were crumbling when right, we found it. Course. And the water was literally um, in the church. Um, but what she found was the remains of two Byzantine churches. So... Meaning, I think, since um, so Venice is now 1,600 years mm -hmm. old, where um, so it's from the sixth century, right? I think from the ninth century, um, approximately. Oh, so it's from the seventh century, and in the tenth century, they, they found the oldest yeah. remains of, mm -hmm. of buildings here on this side, and then it went through many many iterations. The last iteration. Is this now, which um, was, uh, which is the iteration after Marco Polo was buried here, but is also the iteration that was Vivaldi's favorite church to right. write for the choir. Because it's got beautiful acoustics. It's, got it's amazing. It's amazing, and it's really interesting because it's divided. I mean, yeah. I always visited the first part. I didn't realize. I told you because mm -hmm. I walk in. Oh, that's another big. Part. This yeah. is actually, is, um, I suppose there is another part. There's another it's cluster free. on the other side. Okay, wow. Yeah. So where, where the senior citizens' home is, they have an inner courtyard, which is a right. cluster similar to this one. Of course. Right? So on both sides of the of uh, the Chiesa di San Lorenzo were clusters. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we actually talking from one of our, from one that's of the why there are other people talking at yeah. the moment, sorry. <laughs> And um, and so they had a they had a very 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 famous choir in here. Mm -hmm. So the choir would come um, from left and right, and you see in in between in the partition of uh, the altar mm -hmm. there is this grid. So yeah, the grid would, ladies because it was a lady choir. Exactly. Wasn't it? Yeah. And they would sing through these yeah. through the grid to the convention. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah. Um, Vivaldi was born, so his church was actually two campi down. Mm -hmm. um, but because this has such a phenomenal acoustics, it is. It's this. It's supposedly it's the largest single volume in Venice. Oh wow! So it has, has a ceiling span from over thirty meters, and it has twenty-six meter high ceilings. Wow. And um, because it's a double-sided altar, and it's only one of five churches in all of Italy that has this double-sided mm -hmm. altar. It really is one single space. Yeah, it is amazing. I mean, and you know, I, I come here like every day to Venice, and it still surprised me how something magic. so big <laughs> can still stand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, we do get earthquake every so often, yeah. and we had wars, and mm -hmm. Venice was bombed, yeah. but everything's still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is incredible. So back to you said uh, mm. to Ocean Space. So what exhibition have you had, and what uh, is coming? No. From uh, yes, no. even more. This is coming out on Sunday. I'm actually had a little preview before yeah. everybody. So we opened we opened the space with a legendary American um, video and performance artist called Joan Jonas, and um, and Joan is now she's must be 84, 85, something like that. We had we had yeah, but at, 
at heart she's super young she's super young and you know she's a she's a force of nature she's fantastic really fantastic and um, we had worked with her for three years leading up to this moment uh, she presented a work called uh, moving off the land Two, which is based on a performance so the way that she works is through performance and then she takes the performance into the studio and she projects mm -hmm. videos of the performance and then she reinstalls so it's all about layers and layers and layers mm -hmm. So this was uh, this was the first exhibition. The second exhibition was then COVID year, mm -hmm. no, um, which was territorial agency uh, oceans in transformation. It's a, an architecture collective based in London. That must have been a big challenge in organizing an exhibition yeah. in the middle of COVID. Yeah. So uh, we, first of all, also for the affluence of people, there yeah. wasn't any people around. Yeah, no, so. no, and we couldn't open the space. No? So that, that was the thing when we. Uh, so one of the last things I did before everything shut down was actually here installing the exhibition. We oh, thought, wow. ah, we're so we're fantastically well organized. We come, we're super early, right? <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, yeah, for once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then boom, everything closes. So um, the the exhibition was installed in here because the exhibition was incredibly data-heavy, right? So, um, uh, Anne-Sophie Ronskirk and John Parmesino, they, for four years, again, they collected and worked together with scientific institutions, with uh, research organizations, uh, with individual scientists, and they collected all kinds of data sets from satellites, from Argo floats, from boats, from wow. sensors, from this and that and the other, and they brought them all together in these fantastic 30-screen installations. And, um, and, but because there were so many data sets from so many different angles, what we did was that we, did, we made an open call for a fellowship program. Mm -hmm. So over the course of the exhibition, we, we were going to have um, eight fellows, um, entities, two collectives. So there were 10 fellows in, uh, were meant to come to Venice. Right and live here, mm -hmm. work through the topics embedded in the in the uh, exhibition, but also become the invigilators and tell mm -hmm. the story and narrate the exhibition to oh, the audience. Oh, cool. Okay, but then you had so, COVID. <laughs> no audience, but all these commitments to yeah, these young course. people, no, and yeah, and these young people had rearranged their lives to yeah. be able to work with us. And we had to find a way to get here as well. Because yeah, they, so that was impossible. They all stayed where they were, and so what we did was that we convened them online. Right. And every 10 days, we would release one of the, the trajectories that were installed. So uh -huh. we transferred seamlessly the work that we had in, uh, installed here to an online platform that we had also wow. launched in 2019, oceanarchive.org. Okay. So oceanspace.org, oceanarchive.org is the digital platform. Uh -huh. And so every 10 days, we would release this. And then every within these 10 days, every three days, we would have a public event. Right? I bet it's impossible to get an appointment with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so busy. 170 events online. Oh, my God. 170 events. Right? Oh, my and God. And then the moment um, where people could start moving around, we put a light installation onto the facade so that people would see something mm -hmm. is happening. And as soon as we could bring people together outside, we started organizing walks so yes we would invite mm -hmm. um, specialists and specialists very loosely understood no they could be fishermen or yeah. scientists or yeah, 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 of course. You know, uh, conservationists whatever that had um, that had an expertise in a topic related to the artwork that okay. no one could see but they would then lead walks from leaving from ocean space to a point within the city of importance for them mm -hmm. and talk about their work 
And so we could bring up to 25 people together and did these walks, a series of walks that was, um, that was um, um, super, uh, super successful in a moment, you mm -hmm. know. Um, I think super, it was more important as a, as a sign for, uh, for the community that mm. the organization is here. Well, also because during, obviously during that period, only locals or anyway, people not far away from Venice exactly. could come. Exactly. So that must have been very good to, well, first of all, to get the appreciation of the yeah. locals uh, yeah. to finally understand, because we got so many foundations. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Venice is more foundations mm. than I think than anything else yeah. arrive now. But it is, uh, sometimes I feel, uh, and I'm trying to interview most of mm. them, but I mm. realize that sometimes that uh, uh, Venetians feel a bit detached yeah. because they go, oh, another one. Another one. No, another no, one. So it's uh, very no, good. And it was like from the beginning we wanted to... to the Venetians to feel that this is mm -hmm. their space. Yeah, this is course. for them. Therefore, it, everything is free of charge. No um, exhibition program, public program, educational program. Everything is free of charge. So you work also with the schools? Yeah. Okay. We work with schools. Everything is Italian first and then English, right? Okay. So so um, that was clear. But I think also, you know, especially in this region, um, Bergamo, the Veneto, yeah. Venice. You know, we were these very, were, Oh, yeah, we were really good. Tough. Yeah. really tough yeah. so it was important to also to be able to as soon as possible bring people together again mm -hmm. no? that that, uh, that one could understand that life starts again no yeah. and and uh, and obviously you know everything done in a in a very considerate way so that uh, the mm -hmm. safety safety was first of course no but uh, but so we did that um but ultimately, that second year, 2020, we were only able to open for nine weeks. Mm -hmm. Of course. So what we then did was that we prolonged the exhibition into 2021. We showed the exhibition and opened the second space um, with uh, Taloy Havini. Mm -hmm. and Taloy Havini was um, then curated by Chus Martinez. Oceans in Transformation was curated by Daniela Ziemann. And Chus Martinez was um, the was the curator that we had chosen to lead uh, a curatorial fellowship program called the Current. And the Current is was uh, the Academy's flagship mm -hmm. um, fellowship program. It was always looking at three-year cycles, and uh, for these three years, we would invite a guest curator um, in the first two iterations uh, to to uh, come onto a boat for two weeks at a time. And invite five people from different disciplines to engage with the places and communities that we visited under certain curatorial aspects that we had agreed on before. But um, but the underlying story was always how to um, how to really raise questions around mm -hmm. the oceans and how to recommunicate climate change, the effects of climate change mm -hmm. on the world, but especially the ocean, through different methods. No, and um, and the result of this three-year research project was a two-year research cycle, uh, exhibition cycle, that Chus Martinez curated. And it was Taloy Havini first. Then we had Isabel Lewis, which was a five-week performance uh, mm -hmm. program exhibition that we had here, where Isabel, for, um, for five weeks, brought 20 performers together every Friday and Saturday to perform from 3 o'clock in the afternoon to 8 o'clock. And what she had researched was um, she's, she did a deep research into the Cumbrian explosion, which is an evolutionary stage now, and it's the development of the vertebra mm -hmm. in, in marine species. And so she was looking into that, and she was exploring that. 
Then the next, uh, the next one was uh, last year, Dineo Bopape and Diana Policarpo. They had two, they had two exhibitions that were going on at the same time. And this year, um, we conclude the three-year research cycle of Barbara Kasavec, who was the next leader of the current. Um, but ever since we chose to have the space, we um, we jumped ship and we were not using the ship anymore because we didn't want to have two mm -hmm. very carbon-heavy programs. Mm -hmm. So and because we we had arrived in Venice, we wanted to be here and and know more about the place. We said, okay, the current cycle three needs to focus on the Mediterranean. Right. As we're in the northern Adriatic and uh -huh. part of the Mediterranean, we wanted to come here. We wanted to have an Italian curator, Barbara Casavecchia, and um, and she brought together. And a uh, an, an huge amount of voices from around all the shores of the, the Mediterranean, bringing together, um, again, cultural producers, activists, scientists, food practitioners, conservationists, mm -hmm. and so on, economists. Mm -hmm. um, and so through walks, through talks, um, through a series of, of uh, educational programming called Ocean Uni, um, a podcast series called Aridity Lines. She brought all of these people together into a network. And now we're seeing uh, on Friday the opening of the new exhibition that is the result of that, which is a collaboration between Petrit Halilage and Alvaro Urbano with a new installation. Mm -hmm. And they are in conversation with Simone Fatal on the other side. And Simone Fatal is collaborating uh, with a poet called Omar Barada. The exhibition is called Dust Waves Come in Pairs. Mm -hmm. And so there's these two new commissions, new installations. They're talking to each other. You know, the, the waves that are going across the shores of the Mediterranean, um, they, they come together. And, um, and we're very happy. We have, for the first time in the history of ocean space, we have a co-commissioning partner for one of the installations, which is Petrit and Alvaro. And, uh, and our co-commissioning partner here is uh, Odemar Piguet Contemporary. Mm -hmm. So it has been, a, it has been a, a long journey, but super, super, super rich. Do you actually have a sleep? I try. I try to. I try to. <laughs> because I'm yeah. just listening to you and thinking, mm. oh my God, how many yeah. things do yeah, yeah. I do? Now also because to coordinate, and mm. obviously you, you don't live in Venice part-time. Uh, part-time, no, part 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 but not, yeah. not full-time. So jumping yeah. around and trying to organize and con also knowing the logistics of a city yeah. of Venice, because, you know, it's easy to say I organize an exhibition, yeah. but it is over logistic of a city yeah. on water. I yeah. mean, even what you do, work Absolutely. with water. Absolutely. You know. No, no, but we have a fantastic team here. No, we have, we have a dedicated team here that, okay. uh, that does nothing but ocean space, that does not, uh, nothing but uh, the exhibitions and the public program. Yeah, right? but, so, but that's very good also because it brings people back into the city. Exactly. Since everybody is escaping the city yeah. at the moment. So the exhibition is going to be opening officially from Sunday? From Saturday. Saturday, From sorry. Saturday. And Saturday is going to be the 21st, the 22nd, 22nd, 22nd. until when? Uh, until November 5th. Okay. So it right. runs It runs for half a year. Is it going to be open every day or only certain days? Uh, only? Wednesday to Sunday, Okay. 11 to 6. People can just turn up or they don't need to book it? They don't need to book, they can okay. come. Okay, um, On our website. There's uh, all the information. Exactly. But, uh, Ocean you, yeah. minus space. 
dot org. Ocean minus. Ocean dash. Yeah. Why? Ocean why? Dash. Why? I hate when people put that. Really? It's so complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to try to <laughs> yeah. find it on the phone, and it's so hard. <laughs> Was he already gone? Tell me the truth. Uh, that could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, 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 yeah. It could very well be. Okay. But we have, you know, we have this um, this strange habit. TBA twenty one minus Academy Ocean minus Space I Ocean minus it. Archive complicated to go Everything dot org though. <laughs> well, that's good. Listen, okay, so this is until November. Are you already ahead? Already know what you're gonna yes. kind of? Uh, yeah, we do, but we haven't, free... we haven't announced yet. Ah, uh, okay, yet. right. So I can say that. Okay, I'm gonna going have to, to do another fantastic. podcast in, Nove- yeah. in November, then, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, listen. Thank you so much. We finally managed to do yes. it. Finally in person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, everybody, yeah. we actually did do it about over a month ago but unfortunately he was talking to me from the black hole from the black hole from CERN so <laughs> and the connection I'm telling you I think he was uh, actually was uh, the what it do you call be. it the, the they were, yeah they were causing yeah. all the yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah thank you again it. and I'll speak to you soon definitely for the next uh, talk for the next exhibition okay thank you so much Marcus thank you. speak to you soon ciao And thank you again, Marcus, for this wonderful chat. You can find Ocean Space at www.ocean-space.org and on all social medias as Ocean Space. Thank you again for listening. If you want to book a food tour or a cooking experience with me, you can find me on my blog www.monicacesarato.com or at cookingvenice.com and also on all social medias with the handle at Monica Cesarato and at cookingvenice. Feel free to leave a comment or write to info at monicacesarato.com for more information about the people featured in the podcast or Venice. Bye-bye! Sentire Media Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.